everyone and welcome to the next edition of the VTX podcast. Here at the Veterinary Thought Exchange, we like to ask, what are you thinking? And this week, we have the great privilege of chatting to Anna about her career as a vet, but also her diagnosis uh, and treatment uh, of breast cancer and the amazing organisation that she set up, Vet Your Breasts. So just to introduce myself, my name is Scott. I am one of the founders of VTX and I'm a specialist in small animal internal medicine. As always, we're joined by my friend and podcast producer, Karen. Right, Anna, thanks so much for joining us. Um, I, as we always kind of do, just to maybe start by introducing yourself to those that are listening uh, and just maybe telling us a little bit about yourself and your career. Um, so, hi, Scott. Thank you for having me on this podcast today. Um, yeah, so I am Anna, obviously. I'm a vet and I work in Bristol and I'm a Glasgow graduate from 2011. and um, in my career, I've had lots of sort of cool opportunities to work abroad and um, do lots of interesting different things. So I was a, a mixed vet and then small animal vet. And then um, I went back to Glasgow and did an internship and then master's and certificate in cardiology. And now I'm working um, as a veterinary cardiologist uh, for Heart Vets in Bristol. Oh, cool. So I, I've actually, um... I've just, um, I, I like you even more now that you went to Glasgow Uni, that's very cool. So you, li- so you lived in, um, so you, you've lived in Glasgow for a little bit? Yeah, probably a total of 10 years actually. I, I oh, that's there. cool. Yeah, I was there for quite a while, so, um, and I love it up there. Um, yeah. yeah, moved to the southwest to try and get nearer to sort of the um, surf and Cornish coast, because um, I also love it down there, so, but always miss the um, highlands and uh hiking and things like that that come with you in Scotland. Well, I'm led to believe that you can surf in Scotland. Yeah, um, just a bit. It, I think it's just quite cold. <laughs> so what did you, so you came back to Glasgow to do uh, an internship at the Small Animal Hospital? Yeah, um, so I went back after, I was in practice for about four years. Um, and then I thought, wanted to see what else there was and, and learn a bit more and just become a better vet. I didn't go back to do like a specific subject. I just wanted to be a better vet really. Um, and then mm. yeah, went back, did an internship, was probably the hardest year of my career um, with lots of nights, um, but met um, some great friends and then uh, taught myself to scan because at Glasgow at that time we had a huge out of hours sort of first opinion department and then so really taught myself to do um, some heart scans overnight yeah. and then from there got really interested in cardiology and um, Anne French who was the head of cardio at the time sort of adopted me and said come on um, you can be part of the cardio team and then basically um, did a cardio internship slash masters uh, and then um yeah really just got really interested in cardio and carried on to do the certificate from there and so what does your job entail just now are you are you ambulatory do you do you move around is that the, the par, what's the word peripatetic is that word no yeah um i think people say sort of roaming or yeah i'm not really sure quite what it is but um until COVID, yeah, it was quite ambulatory. Now, um, so I'm in quite a big team. Um, there's 
and my three bosses um, are diploma holders. Um, and then there's probably uh, three of us now that are certificate holders. And we all um, sort of cover Wales, the Southwest, um, uh, and sort of some of the Midlands. Um, and yeah, we just go, uh, we have some main practices where we see referrals or we go into smaller practices and, and scan once they have a sort of enough cases for us to go in. So alongside being clearly just generally a very busy person, you know, as most vet professionals are, um, you're doing this other quite amazing thing, which is um, the the creation and the promotion of um, Vet Your Breasts, which, um, correct, me if, correct me if I'm wrong, is an organisation that you have set up. Um, and uh, I wonder, you know, if you can start by just kind of telling us a little bit about what what that is and, and why that started. Um, so thank you for that kind <laughs> summary of your breasts. Um, yeah, so basically it is something, it's a campaign that I started um, this year with the aim to increase awareness of the signs of breast cancer um, within the veterinary profession. So it's really a campaign targeted at all members of the veterinary profession um, in increasing awareness of breast cancer. Um, I started the campaign following my own diagnosis of breast cancer earlier on this year. And really at that time, I think it was such a shocking thing for me to think that this was something that was happening to me. The way I detected the lump was really by chance. Um, which was that after work I'd gone for a swim and in the gym there was this small sticker by mirror saying check your breast now and I did um, and that's when I found a small lump um, and you know prior to that point I had really not thought about breast cancer at all I thought I was you know someone that was really fit and healthy I didn't you know have any concerns it was something you know, you sort of see the occasional pink ribbon or event in October. And, you know, I hadn't given it any more thought than that. You know, no one in my family had had breast cancer. And so it really shocked me that, you know, this had happened to me. And, and what also shocked me was the fact that, you know, if I hadn't gone to that gym that day and if I hadn't seen that poster, when would I have checked my breasts? Um, and then... You know, I was talking to my friends who um, basically said, well, you know, I, I never think to check. I haven't ever checked. Then I was um, meeting people um, whilst I was having my own treatment who basically were saying um, that they had been, you know, had, had known that something was wrong. Maybe they had a rash or maybe a bit of pain or one girl had an inverted nipple, but hadn't actually realized that these were the signs of breast cancer. Um, and they thought, you know, it was just a lump. And so that together really made me think, you know, as a profession, we're so busy. Um, I would never, you know, I hadn't really thought about it before. If I hadn't been to the gym that day, when would I have checked? And all of those things together kind of came together um, in the idea of basically bringing a reminder into the practice um, for maybe people who don't get the opportunity that I had to see 
a reminder. So really it's yeah, trying to bring a reminder into the, the veterinary practice for people to check when they have a chance and the chance in my opinion, when you're on your own and somewhere quiet in the veterinary practice is probably only one place, which is the bathroom or when you're getting changed. So that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to bring a reminder into there. So yeah, that's sort of where it came from. It's funny, actually, that really is like the only safe space. Sometimes I go into the bathroom to make telephone calls <laughs> <laughs> because there's just nowhere else to get peas. It's so true. Um, and actually now um, in our bathrooms at work, there are your posters on the back of many doors so um it, and I, you know i see it more and more not just in, in our own practice but it clearly that you're doing an amazing job of getting the word out there when we spoke kind of just you know i suppose in preparation for you coming on the podcast you you said something really interesting which is um it kind of stuck with me a bit um, we were chatting about what we were going to chat about and, and you kind of sort of suggested that um obviously you wanted to chat about this campaign but the the bit that was more difficult for you to kind of talk about was yourself and your kind of own journey, which is which is. But I think that's interesting because in so many ways, your own journey and story is actually a really big part of this because ultimately that's the the thing that that created this whole campaign. It, 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 do you just not like talking about yourself, or is it the, the opposite of me, Karen? Or do you? Do you or or do you just is it not do you not feel comfortable kind of talking about your 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 story and your journey or um yeah so what what why did you feel that that was something that was a bit more challenging for you um i think this is interesting <laughs> thank you for bringing this up because i've had a couple of people ask me when i first started the campaign i didn't want it to be at all to do with me i wanted to just create a campaign that was for everybody else so i had had my diagnosis and i you know i can't do anything about that now um and what i wanted to do was give the reminder to everybody else you know there was sort of so much emotion at the time and all i wanted to do was you know it wasn't just upset for me it was upset for so many people that this was happening to them and i just wanted to sort of almost like you know shake everybody else and be like look this is something that really can happen um you know and the earlier that you detect these changes, the more chance you have for successful treatment. So I didn't want the campaign to be about me. I wanted the campaign to be about telling everybody else to wake up. Um, and, you know, I'm not really somebody who, um, you know, I'm not, I don't feel, feel like I'm very good at public speaking. I'm not a very, um, you know, person who likes to be in the limelight. I like to sort of just have ideas and then sort of just stay in the in the background and so it's interesting with this campaign because it's a lot of people have asked me about what's my story and I think um my story is relatively interesting maybe um or like you know it's important I understand why it's important for the campaign um but you you know everybody um has difficult times in their life and I, I'm not unique with that and I didn't want it to be like oh here's somebody who's talking about how um you know they're unique in their suffering that's not you know I didn't want that to come across it to come across like that at all what I wanted to do was create a campaign to make people think like yeah like we do need to take time to look after ourselves because we are the only person that knows ourselves 
better than anyone else. Um, we are the person that can do something about it if there is a change. Um, and yeah, really just sort of make it so that, yeah, my story is important, but so is everybody else's. That you know, that's what I tried to do. I don't know if you've had a chance to see um, the videos and other parts of the campaign, but that's what I tried to say is that, um, you know, there's lots of people out there that are affected by this. And, and I wanted also people to um, relate to other, you know, because some people will relate to me. So the people that will relate to me are like the younger women will relate to me. Um, but this isn't a disease that just affects younger women. This is a disease that affects one in eight women and 400 men every year. And I wanted to make it so that the campaign, people could relate to lots of other people who have had this disease who are just normal people. So that's why in the videos I, I um, had David, um, who's a farm vet who, who was in his 40s when he was diagnosed, um, Nicola, who was a vet student, Caroline, um, who probably was it's uh, only just slightly older than me when she was diagnosed. And then there are other women um, who have sort of helped with the campaign as well, who are, who are slightly um, older when they were diagnosed, so late 50s. Um, but I wanted to make the point that, um, yeah, this is a very long-winded way of answering your question, but that it's not just about me. It's... Can I ask what age you are? Is that... uh, so I was 33 when I was diagnosed. I mean, that is... It's madness, isn't it? Because 33, like, but I think that the thing is, you're talking about the, the fact men, women, older women, younger women. But the fact is, we have a lot of younger women in our profession. There are a lot of women that are just like you, as far as eight, from an age point of view. And actually, a lot of the veterinary professionals I know, you know, very motivated people, fit and healthy, got got knowledge about health, and you know, so it's it's really. Um, I do think it's obviously an important message overall, but actually you're speaking to exactly the people you need to speak to. The people that maybe don't think that they're the ones that could be affected in this way because they're like you, they're on surfboards, climbing mountains, like supersonic. And that's the kind of women that that we are surrounded by like every single day. Um, and that that's again why I think it's just so, um, you know, so important. Can you um, can you tell us then a little bit just about your kind of journey and oh, that, that sounded really oh, journey. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean, oh, um, and also kind of where you're at just now as far as how you're feeling in your uh, in yourself. Yeah, so um, I felt the lump um, in my breast sort of in December, um, and yeah it was like you know how it goes at work December the run-up to Christmas everyone's like you've got all these like um last minute consults and things like that so I literally almost didn't leave work that day and didn't get to the pool so then when I found um that sticker you know I it was late there was no one else in the gym so I was able to sort of check my breast there um and then I found this small lump um and I thought oh that's unusual i've not felt that before um and went to the um well made an appointment um to the gp and when i went there they told me basically that um it was very common for women to have lumps it probably wasn't anything to worry about um and i should just sort of um come back if it had not gone in sort of two months time so after two um periods essentially um so I basically did what they said and I went off. I actually went and volunteered for Soy Dog in Thailand. Um, didn't think about it at all. 
um, whilst I was out there. And then when I came back, I'd sort of been away for about a month, um, came back and the lump hadn't gone. And I was just, just worried, basically, um, that it hadn't changed. Um, and so I went back to the GP and they were like, they, you know, they were again quite surprised that I'd gone back, young woman, fit, healthy, no fit history of breast cancer. Um, you know, but they said, okay, well, you know, we'll refer you um, to the breast clinic and went there again. They thought that um, it was most likely something benign. Um, and so when I was there, I had a ultrasound biopsy. And then a couple of weeks later, they called me. I was actually at work and they said, oh, you know, it wasn't what we were expecting. Um, you know, you have breast cancer and then after that sort of everything changed you know <laughs> suddenly you're in this crazy world that you never imagined you would be in had never thought about before and it's like somebody drops this like massive bomb in your life you know you're suddenly um having to think about things you never thought about before um from treatments um you know suddenly you're looking at a different um sort of path for your life you know you this isn't something you imagine is going to be in your life at, especially in your early 30s you know sort of thinking about uh whatever your future is whether it's you know for me you know potentially residencies or um buying houses or you know having a family and suddenly this massive bomb is dropped and you're just trying to work out like how to pick up all these pieces and what is going on and why is this happening you know you're suddenly in this um massive sort of load of grief i would probably say and you're trying to work it all out and um and then you know it's quite it's a terrifying time there's a period of time which sort of no one really talks about which is between your biopsy and knowing what type of cancer you have and, and what treatments you need which is just the worst worst time imaginable you know just waiting um for the results and to know what the plan is and what to do um and then it becomes sort of slightly more manageable once you have a plan and know what treatment you need and and if you know you have some more investigations if it's spread anywhere um, and for me, I was just extremely lucky, you know, I had caught it before it had spread anywhere. Um, so I was able to have uh, surgery uh, the week before lockdown, which was, you know, again, you know, um, for all the women out there who have had to go through treatments during lockdown, I, you know, it's been so tough, you know. Um, operations have been cancelled, treatments have been cancelled. Um, and then I had radiotherapy. I didn't need chemotherapy. Again, the type of cancer I had meant that I didn't need the chemotherapy and it hadn't spread. So, you know, for me, I, I've kind of, you know, in a way I feel like a bit of an imposter talking about the fact that I've had breast cancer because, um, you know, I haven't had to have chemotherapy and the people who've, who've had that, I can't even begin to imagine how hard that must be but um again i i think sort of it um for the women who've had 
that treatment or the men um you know this is a campaign to that i know that they are all behind saying you know the earlier that you detect something the more chance you have of of having successful treatment and you know some people um so with some types of breast cancer because they don't respond to certain medical therapies you even if you catch it earlier you may still need to have chemotherapy it just depends on the type of cancer um but it can mean that with treatments you know if it's um an early stage of the cancer that they can be much more successful so really this is about um getting everybody to think um uh, you know get to know your normal and then um if there's any changes you'll pick them up early so yeah in terms of my treatment now i'm finished you know i'm back at work um and yeah <laughs> essentially everything sort of relatively back to normal um, it's, been a, it's been a good year hasn't it you can't make it up I, I, literally... I mean you can you literally can't how could you have as imagined you know starting you know when you're you starting vet school and, and the world is just like in front of you and to think 2020 would have brought us a global pandemic you know for you to have to go through this treatment you know all that kind of stuff I just want to pick up on something you said, which was utterly ludicrous, which was that you were some sort of imposter. So I think everyone listening who has had chemotherapy for breast cancer, I'm sure will be like shouting at the radios or whatever device saying that's such a typical kind of, we talk about this kind of imposter syndrome all the time. And I didn't, I don't think it crosses over into breast cancer. I think you're okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I think you, you've, you've, um, you've been through it by, by the sounds of it. The, the one thing I just came into my mind as you were kind of describing that first, um, that moment where you get that phone call at work, like, I mean, that's, it just is hideous. Who, who do you who do you phone who do you con who do you contact what do you what, I mean do you know what I mean in that moment what is your first kind of gut reaction as in I need to call this person or I need to do this thing was 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 that what did you do or did you just go to the bathroom <laughs> for a moment of privacy <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because you know I, they'd convinced me so much and I convinced myself that it was going to be nothing um so when she told me I was so shocked and a couple of things really stick out which is that you know when someone's telling you bad news you don't you can't I mean you hear you hear the word cancer and then that was it I couldn't I had, she you know she spoke to me for about 15 minutes breast surgeon but I could not hear a single thing she said and that's really made me think you know when we're telling owners or people bad news it's you know you you can't you can't process it. And when she told me that, you know, I, I, I had to phone up the next day and, and ask her to just go through everything again, because I really I could not hear any of that. And then, you know, this, um, you know, it still makes me a bit emotional when I think about this, but, um, you know, uh, the first thing I wanted to do was just make sure everybody that I knew that I loved knew that I loved them. Um, because you have this time when you don't know what is going to happen and so you think god what is the most important thing i do with the rest of this time and that is just tell people that you love that you love them <laughs> oh god well i mean i mean that i mean that's really hard you know what to have to i think that's the sorry i think that <laughs> made everybody cry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry um just this idea that you're like 
my time might be kind of limited this this limitation of time like and I think that's I don't know I don't know how much we all listening think about our own mortality and I suppose you were forced to suddenly be faced with it yeah. and it creeps into my mind you know often and and you know I particularly I think I you know I I, I now really worry with my kids you want to be there for them when they're you know whatever age and all that kind of stuff so it's just such as that's such a scary a scary thing what a difficult kind of conversation to have to have phoning friends and family and just being like so it's one of the hardest things it's the for me was one of the worst parts of this whole thing is seeing that the people you love get so upset mm. and there's nothing that you mm -hmm. can do about that because you know they are allowed to feel what they feel um and you can't make it better so you just have to it's absolutely you know it's one of the hardest things but in another side side of that is you know you see how much people how much good there is in people you know mm. um and this is from you know my family my friends people that I haven't spoken to for years you know people mm -hmm. have been so kind so supportive my bosses you know all everyone mm -hmm. there is so much good in people um and I think you know sometimes you know we don't say the things we mean enough and and express yeah. things enough and and there's yeah. nothing like a bit of uh, a wake-up call to remind you how important those things are which are you know spending time with the people that you love and but I, it's always interesting isn't it because you know it it takes sometimes these devastating moments in order for us to be reminded of that mm -hmm. and then i'm not sure that that we sh we need to we need to be better at that every day every single day yeah just whatever yeah we we need to we can't avoid the tragedies but we we need to not allow the tragedies to be the only thing that make us do the things we should be doing every day and i know that's easier said than done and i'm the worst for it and you know but equally that's something we should all probably be kind of striving towards to to do better it makes you think like you know if only you had been able to see that this was going to happen you know makes you think like what would i have done differently and and you know it's it's super easy to say now but you know these worries that you have about all these different things which at the time seem so important and then actually when you're faced with something else they seem completely irrelevant you know i mean like to, just to give an example like before i had my diagnosis we were upset because the upstairs neighbors were like being super noisy and then, you know, at that time, it's sort of a big thing in your life. And then now you're like, you know, I couldn't give two hoots what the upstairs neighbours like, you know. Are they, are they still being noisy or have they calmed down? They've taken on, thank God. So maybe that's, okay. <laughs> that's, that's um, probably part of the reason I don't care anymore. But, but I think it's all, this is always like, I always find this a really kind of interesting thing. Like, like you kind of said about people being upset, you know, at the end of the day, we all get upset and worried about lots of different things. Some of the things that worry me would not, would not worry you and vice versa. But that's kind of irrelevant. Like it's all about, because it's it's you, you're, you're really allowed to feel the way that you feel. That's your, it's already valid because it's just the way you are. And and I think, um, you know, so it's, 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 it's okay to be upset about angry neighbours. <laughs> Like they, that's still going to annoy you, regardless of yeah. what you've what you've been through, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah. So this so this amazing thing has come out of it. This very cool campaign. This really cool poster. I don't know. Did you draw that? No. 
so basically what happened was um, I was coming back. So this was uh, coming back from radiotherapy in lockdown, um, having um, cups of tea on the sofa and chocolate and then like drawing these ideas for a poster, which was vet your breasts. But initially it was this like these stick people who were changing their scrub tops um, with boobs going everywhere. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to see that very soon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to put my drawing of, uh, online um, but yeah basically okay. it was it was terrible drawing and then I have a friend Catherine who's a she used to be an architect but now she's a full-time illustrator um, and she basically very very kindly converted it into this beautiful poster for apps it really is uh, it really and, is and she has like poor Catherine because you know when you have an idea and then you you know what you want it to look like and then um and then you know initially she was trying to convert my terrible drawing into something nice and actually eventually she just gave up and was like you know what i'm just gonna do my own thing and um and yeah we kind of have been through different versions of the poster but this one is the um sort of the most yeah this one is definitely the best. i'm really struggling because all i can see now is these stick people with like massive boobs <laughs> Just can't cope anymore. Flopping about everything. <laughs> <laughs> but what what she's done is made it like very cool, super yeah. clear, um, really easy to read, very easy to understand. And I think also um, because it's nice that I mean I know there's there'll be lots of different breast cancer awareness kind of posters and campaigns, but I really like the the way that you've depicted the different uh, you know the inverted nipple or redness or I think that's really important and it kind of goes back to that thing that it's not just always about a lump you know it's about these kind of other changes that you may not be kind of so uh, familiar with. Well I, you must be again I'm not I don't want to put words in your mouth Um, I certainly um, have been so aware of how on board people have been with this in the profession and these amazing photos pop up with people standing in front of your poster. And that must, <laughs> we're going to start crying again. Is that another, I mean, I, I would be quite emotional about that. I would find that so emotional that people actually were just like, like engaged with it and really, you know, into it. You know, I, I just think that's so positive. I mean, it is really, really incredible. I mean, I know this is the thing. A lot of people are saying that, um, you know, it's my campaign um but actually it's this is the amazing thing about it it's not my campaign anymore like it's everybody's campaign um and i have had so much support you know it was just a in my head a silly idea that i could maybe get a poster into my friends practices and remind them and now what's happened is that it's been picked up by so many people initially it was just you know friends of friends who saw the um instagram or facebook posts or whatever and website and then people got on board so um i don't know if you know nat scroggy and, and rue titney mm. but they were there from the start <laughs> behind the campaign saying you know we're gonna help you and they've given hours of their time to help me like get in touch with different people who can support the campaign and and then different corporates so vet partners helped edit the videos for no you know nothing for them um you know vet times have put things in the um in their magazines um but yeah each time i see that somebody has taken the time to get the poster 
or request a sticker, you know, it's such a positive thing because I just think, you know, this is the amazing thing about our profession, you know, and this is where our profession is so different to other professions. You know, we have this ability to connect with almost everybody in the profession um, and work together and people do care about each other. Um, mm-hmm. And this is showing that, you know, there isn't a disease that I can think of apart from the mental health stuff um Mm -hmm. that's going to affect as many people in the profession you know one in eight women our profession is predominantly women and men are Mm -hmm. affected as well and this is a by people getting behind the campaign this is you know just showing like how much we care um for each other and if we can do you know you think oh a poster is not a big thing but that poster that i saw in the gym changed my life you know Mm -hmm. um and so if i can get another poster in another practice that will has the potential to save another person's life did you give that feedback to the gym (laughs) i think that's good feedback to give them (laughs) i've told them they were they they were like oh yeah thanks um (laughs) okay i'm just here to tell you (laughs) i was like their their pr person needs to uh get on this because it's quite a good story but um, Actually, the, I, the woman who came up with the campaign, I was in touch with her and um, she's just incredible, incredible woman. And, and, you know, she's getting, because, you know, the aim of my posters is just to go into veterinary practices. But this woman, um, Helen, she, uh, she's, her aim is to get her stickers everywhere, you know. And, you know, she, she, she came up with this after her own uh, breast cancer diagnosis and the work she's done is absolutely incredible so well that's amazing so you've been in touch with the lady who who created that sticker that's incredible isn't yeah it? she's just yeah incredible incredible woman and she i think she even got boris johnson or something recently to um to like check his um check his breast tissue on tv so i mean <laughs> yeah. that is oh wow. that's the ultimate you know what i mean <laughs> dear lord right <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not sure how to deal with that. I'm going to need a minute to process that. That's amazing. So how, where, so let's, what's the Boris Johnson equivalent of your campaign? Let's think, who do we need to be targeting? (laughs) Who is that celebrity? We'll need to have a think about that. Um, What's the, what's the plan? What's the vision? What are you going to do now? So the plan now is to just continue really. Um, so try and, um, you know, if people have other ways of getting it into practices that I haven't already thought of, then please get in touch. Um, it's now about, you know, getting as, as many, still about getting as many practices as possible on board. Um, I, unfortunately, I don't know how many practices have got it now. Um, I don't think there's going to be any way of telling because people are either um downloading them or you know I, I know for the ones who've requested the stickers but i don't know for the where they've gone the ones who've downloaded the posters or the ones who've um sort of got them through other ways so i know that friends have sort of oh for instance vet space was it vet space ireland yeah they uh, printed out a hundred so i i don't know where they've gone so <laughs> all, all over all, all over <laughs> ireland yeah. yeah um so um uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I really just wanted to continue, and then it's a case of just building up the resources that I have, so that um, if other veterinary professionals are diagnosed, then they, um, 
you know they have somewhere where there are useful resources so the website thevetyourbreast.com is sort of all of the things that I found useful and um, anyone who's been in touch with anything that they found useful um, you know I'm basically putting that on the website so that there is a resource for if people are uh, diagnosed that they can find some helpful bits. And, and if there's people uh, listening that just feel that they want to do something to help or support you what can people do? Um, so the best things to do would be if your practice doesn't have a sticker or poster go to the website vetyourbreast.com and download it um, or if your practice doesn't have a printer, then request a poster and I'll post one out to you. Um, and then really, as you know, if anyone can think of ways to sort of spread the word. Um, so things like this, um, which, which reaches other people, if they have friends mm -hmm. who ha have influenced somewhere, um, really anything that people can think of to sort of keep this message going. We're going to be doing a sort of monthly Instagram, Facebook reminder uh, for people, you know, because it's it's all very well right now with the campaign being sort of relatively new and interesting. But the, you know, uh, we're sort of in it for the long haul. You know, it's um, it's uh, something that we want people to do um, each month to check their breast tissue so that you know any changes can be detected early so we'll be if they if people have funny ways of thinking that um reminding members of the veterinary profession to check themselves send those images in and then we can all have a laugh because that's the other side of this it's 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 a it's a heavy topic um but you know it there's always space for humor um and things that we can do to sort of engage people um like we had a baking competition where Actually, I was amazed by how incredible the entries were. Um, but you know, that would brought some. Is this more stick men and boob cakes, or what was happening there? <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a lot of <laughs> a lot of breasts everywhere. I can't. Scott's obviously <laughs> being overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed by all. <laughs> um, and uh, and obviously the 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 other thing that's um, important, I suppose, you are you are you kind of driven by kind of donations? Can people fundraise for you? Is that something people can do? Absolutely. So the donations, um, uh, if you go to the website, there's a donate button, um, and it's a GoFundMe. So all of the money that um, people have donated is going towards um, either printing the stickers or posting them out. And you know, I, I think. There's a couple of more points I want to make if that's okay, Scott. Mm. I've got always so much to say, but um, you know, right now, breast cancer charities are really, really struggling. Um, you know, they aren't able to do the events that they would normally do, like the sort of music festival or the fun runs and things like that. So, um, you know, for this campaign right now, any donations are either going towards, um, you know, the campaign. But if I have any pennies left over mm. that money mm. will go towards these breast cancer charities wow. because the work they do is absolutely incredible mm -hmm. um and they are so important you know the nhs is great for um you know uh surgeries and treatments and mm. radiotherapies chemotherapies but they often miss the other side of um you know a diagnosis like this which is the mental health mm. um and mm. the physical sort of you know the well-being side of it and a lot of these charities are incredible for that you know um with you know supporting through i mean particularly now you can't go to your um 
at your sort of nurse consults or the other meetings that you would normally have. So these charities are even more important, but are struggling even more. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, anything that people, you know, if anyone's got a few pennies, it will either go towards this campaign and keeping it going or will be donated to one of the amazing breast cancer charities. So, um, and then just on the point of coronavirus, I just mm-hmm. wanted to say that um, a lot of the screening clinics and things like that at the moment are being cancelled, mm. which means that there are a lot of people who are gonna who are not going to have that early detection from those mammograms. So now is even more important, important. that this message goes out yeah. that people should check themselves and be more self-aware. And if they have any concerns that they go to their GP and they get it checked out because treatments are still going ahead. Mm-hmm. It's just that the routine sort of screening is, mm-hmm. you know, being delayed. And, and so, yeah, it's so important right now that people remember to check themselves. Well, I think you're pretty cool. And um, and I think what you're doing is, is you know, very inspiring. And um, we're certainly, you know, we want to do all that we can to, to help. And, I really hope that um, people have learned a lot from listening to this and um, uh, I, I think your message is um, obviously a great one but I, I think it's it's just amazing how the professions really kind of got on board with it. I think that's what's so nice because we're a good bunch of people really, uh, ultimately, <laughs> I think. Um, so listen, thank you, honestly, thank you so much. I really, it has been just amazing to chat. As always, I want to thank everyone for listening. We really, truly appreciate uh, your support. And I I want to thank Anna again for her amazing contribution this week. Please make sure to head over to her uh, website and check out the amazing work that she's doing. All of the information about Vet Your Breasts is in the uh, show notes, so please check those out. If you're on social media, then please head over to our platforms and give us a like, follow and share. And we will see you next week.